Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. I uh, just want to go ahead and start off by saying I'm so happy that we finally got Grace on the show. Um, she's been a huge inspiration to to me in my, you know, theater career. Um, you know, and maybe just some general life things. She's just a really cool person. Really, really, really doing it the way you should be doing it. Um, we'll just go ahead and get right into the plugs. Um, just go see shows at The Coalition. She's in a bunch of them. Um... Friday at 8 o'clock is the premiere of Till Death Do Us Part Season 2. Season 1 was so good, they brought it back for Season 2. Um, gotta plug, you know, the riot Saturday night at 8 o'clock as well. Um, Second Best has already happened. It was a lot of fun. Um, I believe there's some sketch shows coming up from Trash Bang and, uh, you know, the 4th of July. Keep keep an eye out for that. Um, other plugs, Already Music Park. Um, love them. Um... RBA Comedy, RBComedy.com, uh, produce cast, all that. Um, if you are thinking of starting your own podcast, shoot that an email. Shoot producerscast at gmail.com an email. Um, we are going to try to facilitate some studio time for some, some, some people and see what we can, what we can learn from that as an experience. Um, but for now, you know, we're just kind of, kind of figure out. So if you have any interest, do you have any thoughts and ideas you want to flesh them out? Just, just shoot us an email. Um, me and Matthew and, you know, we'll, uh, start this project off, off very well. Um, I think that's it for plugs. I think that's all she said she wanted to plug, um, phone land on social media. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Floyd came over to, to finish up the intro. I don't know if you can hear him or not, but I swear he's here. Um, great. Well, let's just get an episode. This has been the worst intro ever. <laughs> I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly, for the day I die, I'ma touch the sky, back when they thought pink polos are hurt to rock, before Cam got the shit to pop, the doors closed, I felt like bad boy street team, I couldn't work the locks, now let's go. Take them back to the plan Me and my mama hopped in that U-Haul van Any pessimists, I ain't talk to them Plus I ain't had no phone in my apartment Let's take them back to the club It's about an hour, I stand on line I just wanted to dance I went to Jacob an hour after I got my advance I just wanted to shine Say favorite line, dog, in due time Now they look at me like, damn dog, you what I am A hip-hop legend, I think I died in an accident Cause this must be heaven I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly, for the day I die, I'ma touch the sky, gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly, for the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Inspiration surrounding us. This is a cool room too. What was its purpose? Originally, because uh, our friends used to live in this house, it was his, it was like the dude's office. Oh. Yeah, and so Matthew and I are starting up a podcast network. We're gonna try and help oh, people chill. like do their own podcast. Get their stuff off the ground. And yeah, that. yeah. So it was like, well, we have this tiny room. Uh, I have you know my own show. I have my own mic. So like, let's yeah. just roll with it. And get it going. Sorry, I'm trying to make my phone be quiet. And no, I did it's it. Fine. Mm. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks. For, I, it's been. Uh, it's funny because you were the. You were originally supposed to be on some time ago at the old my old place. 
Oh, yeah. And yeah, because so, y'all just moved, like, this last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've had your files, like, keep pushing them back and stuff like <laughs> that. It's fun, though. It's good, because you're somebody who I definitely wanted to have on the show. Did you ever listen to Dashiell's episode? I listened to most of it. I don't think I finished it, but I did listen to it. And then today I was listening to uh, Jesse's episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best thing, I think, that came out of that episode, other than the, the sweet collage, which I really should put in here, <laughs> nice. um, was I, I, a question, because back then the show was like two hours, so I would like talk about like creativity, whatever, and then i get into like relationships, because uh-huh. that was something I was very interested in talking about. I remember one thing I asked him about, because he was the first person I had who was not only in a relationship, but in a relationship with someone who was also a creative. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember asking, like, well, who would Grace do? And I don't know, just u- using you guys as, like, an example of, like, a really healthy relationship and trying to go, like, and think about it like that. Mm. That's something I, I bring back a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, you listening to it, I was just like, I wonder... What her thoughts was. Like. I, I, I'm now thinking back. I'm not sure if I listened to his or if I listened to Ryan Clatterbuck's. <laughs> because I think I may have even had the reaction of being like, I'm not sure I want to listen to his like right right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if that yeah. like, makes any sense. Yeah. The question was, I was dating somebody who wouldn't listen to any of my shows. Uh-huh. Which, on one hand, was fine. His opinion, which I think is the right opinion, was she should listen to one. She should be supportive. Yeah. But she was, like, way not supportive. Yeah. Which I think it was just, like, which is where that question, why that thing still comes up, because I realized how important, not only on, like, a friendship level, relationship level, like, coach level, whatever, like, support is huge. Yeah. It's how you get anything done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, thinking about, like, that in the context of a relationship, like, that was, like, the big example. Totally. Yeah, and it's... I guess it is. You do need to listen to, like, a few episodes if you're in a relationship. <laughs> That's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... I mean, yeah, I get, like, you know, I don't have time to look at everything in Dashiell's sketchbook all the time mm-hmm. or, like, wheel in on everything he's doing, but when we want to show each other things, we're, like, you know, if you went to her and we're, like, hey, there's this one episode I think went really well, like, mm-hmm. let me know what you think or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. The best thing now, I think... And I think in the context, like, looking forward now, it's like when people come to me and they're like, I love this episode. I'm like, I didn't even know you knew I had one. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a very common sure. thing. I think because I'm, I'm so hitting all these people in the theater community, like, it's becoming more known that yeah. it's overcoming. Like, even, like, Jonathan Nelson, like, he knew about it. I'm like, okay, if he knows about it, I'm doing something right. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was like, uh, well, it was interesting because this morning I had breakfast with Jim... And we were walking along, and um, Jonathan was just biking by, and so he joined us for breakfast, and we were hanging out, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this podcast today. And Jonathan was like, well, I haven't been asked to do it. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, I'm sure it's not, not a big no, thing. No, it's, it's it, yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. Like, I haven't been asked to do it. I'm like, it's funny, the human behavior of just being like, well, I'm <laughs> like this is sheepish things like just I don't know maybe we ask each other and that that turns into I don't mean to be like tacky or weird or anything but like can I do can I be on the show and I'm just like totally it's fine I just yeah. you know I don't I have some people who want to do it I'm like trying not to overdo it sure sure yeah so like I don't know it's just because like when you when I asked you originally I was like I don't want to say desperate but I was like I didn't have anything lined up and I'm sure. trying to do like a weekly release yeah so like now it's like you know I have I'm I'm done, June is done. Yeah. Like you're like mid-June, I think. 
Uh-huh. Like I had a couple after, so it's just like nice. So you're ahead. Of I'm the way game. ahead, and it, it's great. it's fine. But it's also just like I don't think to ask people. Jonathan Nelson is someone I would love to have on the show. He's an interesting guy to talk to for sure. Yeah, I, I TA his three hundred one. That's so what like, he said. Today. Getting to hang out, just like yeah. I probably should have asked. I'm, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna like, well, sweat a little bit. Well, I don't mean bit. to like maybe bring it up when I shouldn't have, but that's how. No, I just no, thought no. it was cute, and then yeah, and then later I was like uh, cleaning up my kitchen and I was listening to Jesse's episode, and I think you mentioned some of this stuff too. Probably. kind of. Um, so, Chris Copley, I did his Saturday, and yeah. he's like, you say these things all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I have to, like, contextualize some things for people. Sure, sure. Like, the relationship nonsense. I think... I think but then eventually, I mean, eventually, you, like, move on with it, and you're going to build almost, like, a vernacular of the show that when people are listening to it, they kind of understand mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, and then they'll use that terminology in their own life. Sure, That's sure. what I think you've made it. I, I did that with Pete Holmes, the original, like, in inspiration behind doing the show his his terminology was stuff that i would use all the time yeah a little less now since i don't listen anymore but like i know what you're talking about that's cool yeah but you're my guest now so mm-hmm. we talk so one thing that we always get into improv we always always get into improv. Yeah. so we will get into improv, i'm sure yeah but like you are much more than improv sure you've done a lot of uh you're an artist. Yeah. I do a lot of a variety of things, you know. Well, like, so what, what wouldn't I know about that you like talking about? Well, um, I, I'm pretty much an open book, honestly. Like, I'll talk about anything. Sure. So, no, there's nothing really off limits. But, um, I don't know. I just do a lot of graphic design and illustration for people. And then I do my own, like, weird art things on the side. Mm-hmm. And then, um been doing you know i do these like historic tours and stuff i don't know there's like all sorts of things the one of my favorite things probably just seeing i think because i'm not i haven't been exposed to it but with the community that we're in like is seeing all the different people who are really talented at graphic design really talented at conceptualizing like we have project 27 on the wall i think that was you yeah, and dash, and dash. Like, the, all the trash bang animations everyone made that their profile thing and everyone else i'm sure including me was like super jealous because i was just like i want a cool gif of myself being eaten or destroyed or whatever <laughs> so cool and then that pisses me off because it's like dashel's first time ever doing animation he's like i guess i'll try this and was i was so like good. Of course, you're like perfect at it. I already. never would have guessed it was his first time. I know. Is good. Yeah, it's been a good. So yeah, that's like that's fun. Is uh, trash bang for sure because we've <clears throat> definitely got like some some stuff cooking there, and then um, have like what else is going on? Like uh, till death do us part starts again. The second season of that. Are season. you like performing in that? Yeah, so I'll be doing the. I don't know if you caught the first season of that. But it was, like, pretty much the whole cast is back, and then there's a dish edition of Casey. Um, so I played this, like, cowgirl character named Bronco. <laughs> and that was uh, interesting. But anyhow, yeah, so that's going on. I don't know what else I have going on, really. Trash bang was a big thing for you guys. I remember talking yeah. a little bit to Jonathan about that. Just yeah. how, like, huge it was in general. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's been a lot of work, so. Are y'all, uh, is it, like, retired? Retired? Is the show, is that show retired? Oh, that one that we did? That sketch show. It's done, yes. It's done. But we're doing more Trash Bang, but that was, like, episode one. Oh. Yeah. So we have have a show in two weeks and a show in three weeks. Did you, you recorded that, right? I heard Casey... I think we did, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see you. Yeah, yeah, so we'll put something up, yeah. That's so cool. And so this is just going to be a thing, it's like, it's Trash Bang, like... The title of the season? Or it's just the team. The team. Kind of like if you were, like, kids in the hall. 
if you've ever seen that show. Did you see the blank face? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Kids in the Hall is like this Canadian sketch troupe from like the 90s. And they had a show that, like a TV show. Or like Upright Citizens Brigade has a sketch show. Yeah. The Whitest Kids You Know is another one. Yeah, that, so it's like a troop. Trash Bang is the name of the group. That's so cool. And we just went like, to sketches. I remember at the live, when I did the first live podcast, I wanted to talk about it with him, but Jonathan Nelson, I don't know how big a party he was, I'm not 100% sure, but like he was like, oh, we're just way humble. And I was like, you're not giving me anything here, man. I know, that's so Jonathan. It's so, it's I am, yeah. for sure. I can't <laughs> wait to do that on this show. Yeah, that'd be fun. So... When it comes to making sketches, because, I mean, everybody has, like, super funny ideas. How do you guys, like, turn them into, like, actual things that you do and are funny? Um, well, to be honest, my role within the group is less of a, from a writing standpoint. Um, it's more like, other people are writing sketches, but I'll mo- mainly help with, like, producing the show, building or designing anything that needs designing or building corralling everybody and then a lot of times during like meetings it'll be the job of corralling the ideas and hopefully trying to restrict it into a more coalescent kind of entity so for the first episode we based the entire theme of the show off of just like a tiny nugget of information and the info was just that adam sandler was coming to town in real life (laughs) he's gonna be in richmond and his tickets cost four hundred dollars oh my god and so we just um you know. Yeah, it went from there. Yeah, we... No. And this is a weird question, but are we started already? Oh, yeah, this has oh, been okay, going. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I'm mad because <laughs> I was, like, I was, like, looking, because I was, like, I don't know, I like, punctual, like, she's in general, like, it's fine, but, like, I didn't hear a knock, so I just was, like, constantly checking, and then I, I was, like, I rang your bell, but then I was about to text you and be mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm here. I don't think our bell works. Oh, cool. I, I'm pretty sure, because I definitely didn't hear anything. So. Yeah, so uh, sorry that I didn't realize that we had actually <laughs> been having a conversation already. Oh, yeah, this is totally... I thought this was, like, general topics of, like, what we're maybe oh. going to discuss, <laughs> so I, that's why I was like, maybe I'll just like, not talk as much uh, <laughs> for now, and then when we're doing it, I'll be, like, going more depth about these projects. I think it's, it's... Well, that's kind of the goal, is, like, make it just, like, a conversation. Because totally. while we are producing, like, a project, I, I want the project to be, like, more of a real, like... I feel that. I'm I genuinely feel curious yeah. about the show. Sure, sure. So, yeah, Trash Bang, it's, like, we um, had this one idea, which was that, like I said, Adam Sandler coming to town. Tickets were up to, like, four or $600 to see him at the Altria Theater. Jesus. And, um... We just decided let's make a through line about the fact that Josh can't afford to go, but the rest of us can afford to go. And we're all rich for a different reason. Like, why do we have this money? Oh, somebody did this, somebody did that. Um, you know, we, it turns out that we all invested in, in Bitcoin at a certain mm-hmm. point and just became rich. And, um, and then we decided, okay, well, it's a general theme here. It's like a theme of greed. And so we tried to make everything related to like money or greediness, something like that. So, our next show is a Father's Day show because it's going to be right at Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And so, we're going to do a lot of dad themed humor. And there's, uh, we'll each, I don't know how much I want to spoil about the show. Because it, it might be the very week that uh, this episode comes this out. This comes out the week after Second Best. Yeah, so that'll be the so Friday of the show. The Friday oh at 10 gosh, p.m. This Friday, wow. I like this. This fell into place. Because I'm releasing the, the Coalition live right before Second Best. Very cool. So it actually works out really well. Yeah. So yeah, go see the show and then you'll see what happens. So in the end <laughs> of episode one, the one, I wasn't unable to see it. So I'm actually really sure. excited for the video. Yeah. But... I feel like I can spoil, kind of spoil what happens. Okay, yeah. But I know, like, Elliot was Adam Sandler. Yes. That, I just saw a picture and I'm like, oh my god, that was the 
like so <laughs> such good just everything I'm like yeah. everything else had to be good was that that like poster thing that's on the wall in the green room the green head? the head yeah is that so, coming back yeah so that's kind of a mascot of the show and his name is Mammon who biblically is a demon of greed and so that's how it kind of ties in with this greed theme from our first episode and <clears throat> Mammon um, is a fourth dimensional being that can take any form or shape. So that's a puppet, actually. Its eyes and mouth move. I saw. I saw. And, uh, I was like, so mad that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jonathan made a really demented poem for it um, that it says at the beginning of the whole show. And um, we, you know, you put something together, you write a thing hoping that it comes off a certain way. Um, but then it's funny to see, be surprised about how people actually react to something. So in the case of this mammon poem, we thought it was more supposed to be a serious tone or maybe mysterious and a, almost like a, a rhyme or riddle or something like that. Very ominous. Yes. And sort of in like a Greek tradition where you almost tell the audience here is the theme of this mm-hmm. show you're about to see. Like it's really hitting you over the head. But anyhow, um, we're doing it, and uh, it turns out what the audience really liked is just how every time you thought he was done talking, he would come back and say another stanza of this really long-ass poem that we wrote. And so uh, people were cracking up at this reason we just did not anticipate. Just the game that was you did not find. But yeah, yeah. But so... people liked it. And so, yeah, Mammon will be coming back. And I think for the Father's Day show, he is uh, maybe going to have... A little, a little baby. Ooh, but see, I'm not trying to spoil too much for no, this no, next no. I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, definitely don't spoil too much. I'm just so curious because I feel like... <laughs> like, that's something... I, I, I'll speak for Matthew on this one, too. Like, being a part of this community now of mm-hmm. the Coalition Theater, sure. like, you realize what you can do with having people. Like, when I did my show, like, I had, like, people who wanted to write for the show. Yeah. Like, I had, like, like shout out to Phil. Like, he was like, let's do this. He did it in his free time. Like, he did a lot of work to like, yeah. make the show really good. And then Michael McFall, like, with the tech stuff, like, he just went way out of his way. So, like, just having that support again. See, yeah, common definitely. Thing, common theme. Like, yeah, it's really awesome to see. And I'm sure that for you guys, like, you guys are just, like, friends who just, like, well, want to do something fun. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've worked together for a really long time now. Um, Josh and I worked uh, for years on RVA Tonight, um, which was a really big production. And, again, I was really involved with the production side of that, and Josh was more involved with writing and performing but, um, and we, you know, that was a really wonderful opportunity for us because it, because, you know, we don't really have like a North Star of like enrichment of like a sketch group that you can say, okay, that's the resource of, you know, how do we do this? What, you know, like, I feel like if you were in New York, for instance, there's a lot of people to go to and be like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. In your experience, what have been the best ways to put on a sketch show or to put something together like that? And so it was like kind of with RVA tonight, just everybody cutting their teeth on trying to figure out how to do it for the first time with not a lot of support yeah. already embedded in the community here. So it's kind of like learning on our feet. And then, um, and then, yeah, I think over time it was just kind of a group of people that we are friends, but we have sort of similar sensibilities in terms of comedy, in terms of what we find funny, uh, what we're trying to do or want to do, mm-hmm. um, which in this case we were really inspired by like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Liquid Television, which was like this 1980s MTV half-hour experimental animation show that they did. And if you know, like, 
Eon Flux was like an animated series, mm-hmm. and that comes out of that. Beavis and Butthead comes out of yeah, yeah. Uh, Liquid Television, and um, was just really like bizarre, off the wall kind of you know experimental things. And so that's really important for this group for Trash Bang is a lot of space to experiment, space to take risks. We definitely have some sketches where I read them and I'm like, I don't think the audience will like us at all if we do this. And then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try and have faith in, you know, in this, in our writers who wrote this and putting it together. And then we hit the stage with it and people really dig it, you know? So yeah. it's nice. I can definitely, after putting on the one show I put on, like, realize what, but taking risks and putting the big things. Yeah. Give but, them a chance to hate it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but also give them a chance. Give the people who are going to be performing it a chance to make it really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, that, that was a huge thing, I think, for me with, with the writing process. Like, for example, like, I, I'm, I'm sure Jim talked talk to you about it. Like, I just, the first question I asked him, or the second question I asked was like, so you're a hater. And <laughs> I remember, like, like, Phil and Katie were both like, this will be funny, trust it. And I'm just like, this seems like the worst. <laughs> the, and like, not only will the audience be And like, what was the reaction? He was, well, the first question I asked him was, let's talk about Charlottesville. So I already got him, like, wound up. Oh, yeah, he hates Charlottesville. And I do, too. I went yeah. to high school out that way, so I really hate it out there. I've never been, but I heard they have bagels. Yeah, a lot of cities have bagels, actually, <laughs> so that's not actually a qualifying factor for a good place. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's my opinion. They yeah. do, in fact, have bagels in Charlottesville, though. I heard they put salmon on them, though. Another thing that yeah, doesn't make Yeah, I think thing. that's a New York thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, Charlottesville does in fact have bagels. So <laughs> I, I will, if a town didn't have bagels, I would be like, fuck that place for but real. But because real. they do have bagels, I'm like, all right, they have bagels. That was the thing from the show. That's not just me being like, this is what I think. <laughs> yes. Um, is that what Jim's, Jim said? You know, I hate it, but they have bagels. It was like, there was like a bit with the panel. Like they were like, but they have this place. I don't know. Bodo? Yeah, it's called Bodo's. Bodo's. Yeah. Bodo's bagels. I've never even thought of going there. Yeah, so. it's like if you're hungover and you need a very sterile space to eat a bagel in, it's going to work. You get a big seltzer, they get a seltzer. <laughs> I think it's the seltzer that makes the photos worthwhile. You think so? Yeah, like you get a giant cup of seltzer and they put like a flavor in it, whatever Ooh. flavor you want. Kind of, if I ever do go to Charlottesville, I have to go here now because I feel like it's... You Yeah, you can't not... I think it's when you enter the city limits of Charlottesville that they say... All right, now come over here really quick. Um, you must eat this bagel. And then you can do whatever bullshit you want to do here. Yeah. Um, so the reaction was so I got him all wound up and he like was talking and and I think he was so thrown off because normally like, everyone else got like fun questions and I just was like just like <laughs> shitting on him. It did. So and then when I asked him that, he was like, "Come on, man, you do this, you do that." But I did, I think, pull it back when I made I, I let him and Katie do their dueling Jesse Venturas <laughs> to, and then I would ask them advice, I love call that. them questions. Yeah, it was so good because I just said dueling Jesse Venturas and they started doing it for like a minute. I'm like, "You guys, it's good I, stuff. It's I have good questions stuff. to ask as the character. You don't just have to do it. It's fine." That was one of the one of the things I thought was really fun. I also just just because I really want to say it, I made Aaron Grant do Dane Cook. I dig that very much. It yeah, was so funny. I love Aaron. Um, but yeah, trusting your writer, trusting the oh, people yeah. on stage was the big thing there. And it's hard, you know. I think like um, I know that <laughs> a journey for me in life has been trying to just like relinquish control as much as possible, mm-hmm. and that can be definitely um, you know working with a group sometimes can be a test of your own ego and things like that. Um, but you just try to say, okay, does this the battle really worth fighting? I'm just going to try and chill out and let people do what they're going to do mm-hmm. and have fun. That was a big thing at the summit that we had with like the big producers meeting. I tried to like, take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. I like, took notes, or whatever. But it was like, 
you know, you're going to learn a lot. Don't like say like, I know the answer. Like trust that other people are bringing experience. To yeah, totally. Too. And that's, you know, sometimes it's, there's a time to also be like, no, we're not going to do it that way. But it's like often I think the first inclination needs to be, all right, I'm going to try and hear this out. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm hearing it correctly is a big part. And sometimes it's just like, no. <laughs> Put in a good effort to try to see if it works. But if it doesn't work, yeah. then like stick to your guns. But like, I don't sure. think this is going to do, do it. Because yeah. there was the idea of making everyone do their impressions at the end completely. That was Matthew's idea. And while it could be a good idea, I was just like, no, I think this is what I want. And I think it worked. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of brought everyone And sometimes it's like um, six of one, half dozen of the other. Like, it really doesn't matter, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, they're both possible universes that this thing can happen in either of these ways. But you've got to choose one at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think, like, when I think about arts or creativity in whatever you're working on, people get hung up on decision-making, and sometimes you just have to, like, make that choice. I think that's... This is a good transition. Because with, with, like, design, like, Mm -hmm. making... Like, like putting ink to paper, like, that really, I feel like, is a completely different way to approach things. With same same approach, but, like, a different thing that you're approaching with, like, control. Like, you're the only one, like, doing this, like, sketch. Because... I can't draw. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything. Okay. Like, the, like I remember, um, like, I did, like, the logo for the show. Like, I have, like, some idea of, like, graphic design. Sure. Like, basic, basic, basic. But, like, when I see, like, things that you guys do, like, all the posters, I'm just like, how do they even get to this point? Yeah. With, with the, even with, like, thinking control, like, in a group. So, um, uh, again, I think it's just, like, making decisions, um, and, but I think you... I really think it's a practice, you know, like a practice, um, where you engage with this thing for a long time and to, you know, I've been working with graphic design for, I mean, 11 years now, which is not even really that long, but it's been for a while, at least in my life. It's a third of my life. It's pretty considerable, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, just looking back at the stuff I used to make, I just feel like this looks so naive. It looks wrong. Like it doesn't look you know, how I would ever do that today. And so it's nice to just, like, be like, all right, I'm going to put out this poster. It doesn't really look like the stuff I really admire that's out there. It doesn't look like, you know, all the cool stuff that I see on Twitter or on Instagram. But it's what I have right here, right now. I'm going to just do it. And hopefully I look back in five years and say, oh, look how naive that looked. (laughs) And then I'm in a different place, you know? Yeah. Like, in the future, hopefully, doing some better stuff. That's another thing I think has always been a big thought. Is like, where were, where was this person when they made this specific thing? Whatever sure. it could be, like, sketch or bit or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's, like, when, I remember, because the only, the only posters I've ever done was for the, the podcast show. Uh-huh. And I just, I just wrote out, like, live in big letters and wrote the coalition above it and then podcast below it. And then David made this, like, incredible thing out of it. Well, yeah, and David's got a great sense of being able to figure out how to make things pop that extra 10%, you know, Mm -hmm. and put in a little decorative detail, and he's totally like a design chameleon, so I super look up to him when it comes to, and especially seeing, you know, and not a dig to David at all, but I look back at some of the early posters from the Coalition, and I'm like, man, he's so much better than he was, you know, and, you know, but that's like good, that's like the ultimate compliment is like, you're doing the thing, getting Getting better, better, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I like, I love being able to see, like, some of the old Coalition stuff and, um, be like, wow, everything looks so much more polished now. It's very cool. That was, because when we were picking out the posters, like, there was, like, a huge stack to go through. And I'm just, like, looking at all the different, like, different <laughs> things. And I'm just, Did like. Did they, like, just let you have at it? 
Basically, yeah. There's a, in the green room. There's like a, there's like a stack, just like whatever. F, yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Mean, I mean, we didn't we didn't try to take anything that like oh, there's only one left. We'll leave sure, it. sure. You were yeah. respectful. I was, yeah. It, so <laughs> I, I, I emailed David. I'm like, hey, we need we need Nightmare on Broad Street too. Can you send us the files? We can print it out. Done. That's so, very like, cool. Yeah, but just like I don't know, just like seeing these things. Especially like for like my first show was like KGB when I like first like got involved. Oh yeah, it's like that that poster is just chaos. <laughs> but like when you like really look, like making it to me, it'd be like I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I have no idea how to like to do this. Yeah, this show's a good example of I don't know what I'm doing. It's just like figuring out as I go, and then I'm done. People are like, hey, that's pretty cool. That's what it is. That's I feel like that's all creative process, you know, and um. At least, so it's been for the past year for me that I've moved into a freelance career. So I'm totally working on like a variety of projects right now. And um, for me, I've just been trying to push myself more into a space of being obsessed with the process and less with the final product. Because it's, you know, it's where when you're doing the thing that the thing will happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So... Just, like, taking time to play around with stuff for a long time. And, you know, I'm sure with that KGB poster, for instance, you know, there's, like, some text. And there's all this collage element all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you might say, oh, I want to look at some graphic design from 1930s Russia mm-hmm. and check out, oh, they put type at a 45-degree angle on everything. <laughs> cool, I'll do that, too. And then you got, like, some collage elements, and you're like, oh, where should Putin be on this poster? I'm going to put him <laughs> here, now, over here, over here. Well, you, like, play around with it. So it's like trading the process like a sandbox or something mm-hmm. where you're like, I'm just going to, you know, mess around for a while. How, do, how does that work when you're actually drawing something? That's something I've always wondered about. Yeah. So it's permanent. Totally. Well, I, I tend to, you know, everything's digital now, which is yeah. kind of crazy. And, um, but I'll do a lot of sketching on, um, e-paper with pen and, um, pencil and stuff. And I might just try to get out a few tiny thumbnails, like a few tiny sketches of maybe some ideas, um, play around a little and be like, oh, what if we move that here? And just, they'll really be like two inch by two inch drawings. And then, um, and then I might take it, I'll usually, if I'm doing like a graphic design piece, a text piece or something, take it into, uh, Illustrator and just make the first thing, whatever that looks like. And then I'll just copy it over and change it slightly and keep copying it. And then you have like an evolution of how those ideas grew and, um, that's so cool. Yeah. There's a great video with this, um, graphic designer, Aaron Draplin, who I'll send to you cause it's, it, he talks about that. Yeah. And it's just like, don't, don't delete any of your old work. Just keep moving forward and then see how it all, maybe you go back 20 iterations and you're like, oh man, but I like where the star was in this thing. <laughs> I'm going to bring that into this one that I just made or whatever. So it's kind of experimenting, but it, I think like the big thing is it seems really daunting if you're just getting started doing something, but after you do it for a little while and you get a few victories and you're like, okay, I'm just practicing. I'm getting better. It comes along faster, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So feel, yeah, you feel more confident. Like I can, to- I can totally do this. I had that, that W right over there and then like, oh, this is easy. I, I know this problem from what I did last time. Totally. I feel that way about, I guess, doing less shows. So what shows have you like directed, produced or whatever? I'm very curious about that too. That's yeah. like thing. That's a new thing for me. Like realizing, oh, all the shows are put on by like my friends and people that I know. Yeah. Um, honestly, when I started with RVA tonight, um, Bo Cribs, who was the, you know, the head guy in charge, the HMFIC of that, uh, group, he 
really just kind of collected a group of people, and we didn't know each other before doing this show, and he didn't know many of the people who he selected for this cast, but he'd seen us perform or something like that. And so, um, the first show was going along, people were writing stuff, and, um, I think it started to hit people's, uh, peripheries that, oh, we're gonna need props for this, or we're gonna need a desk where someone can sit, and then, um, I was like, yeah, we need to make it look like a real show, and so I just sort of fell into this producer role with it. I realized that's kind of where I was nestling in, that I was less, um, excited about writing for the show and I was more excited in like helping to put all the pieces together. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, nowadays with like trash bang, it's kind of that way too. Um, where I'll say, okay, well, we've got this sketch that Jonathan wrote and this sketch that Joe wrote over here. They both have this common thread. Maybe we can link them together this way. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like figuring out how do all of the things connect in a, in a more big vision way than like in the, you know, I'm more like seeing the forest and maybe some others are seeing the trees a bit more, you know? They're making the pieces, you're putting the puzzle together. A little bit, but you know, it's still more collaborative than just that. It's not like I'm the end all be all authority, you know, but it is like very sort of democratic collaborative process. But those are the two main shows that I really... Uh, helped out with in a significant way. I'm trying to think what other stuff. You know, I, I perform in some stuff, which is all, always a joy. Um, but those are the big ones that I, I've helped with a lot. We're, I'm working with Bo again um, on the 4th of July sketch show. So that should be fun. Ooh. Yeah. Dropping some fun things. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it'll be running for, I think, the last weekend in June and then the first week of July or something. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're closed on the 4th, which is actually a good thing, because I'm trying to see some fireworks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I will probably be working. Um, no fun. No fun. No fun. <laughs> um, so what What else? I'm just, because uh, I just, you're one of the people who, I, okay, we talk about this a lot, just like coming in new to the theater mm-hmm. and like seeing all the people like do the shows, you're the people who we all like look up to, you know, you have like this Me? status, you're, you're definitely in that group. I can't believe it. 100%, because you were like, you just, yeah, and, and Matthew would totally back me up on this, for sure. Like he's, he's <laughs> This is really sweet to me. I can't believe it. I used to butter more bread, but lately I've just tried to, like, give it to him straight. Sure. But yeah, but generally, yeah, you were definitely one of the people who we consider, like, top tier. And just like, and not like to put anybody down, but just like, you were, the, you were like, doing the big shows, doing them well, mm. like, hitting all the notes, and just like... I remember there's like a picture really early on on my Instagram where like Patrick Allen came on as a dog and you like reacted really well and it was just like the funniest thing to me. I mean it's still really funny but like at the time I was like, like right in front of me this magic thing happened. Well it's funny, um, you know, to hear that because, um, I, and I tell this story all the time because I, it's like one of my favorites, but, um, I remember one of the first shows I had seen was, um, some... Halloween show at the, at Gallery 5 of all the original OG mm-hmm. RCC people. And I remember seeing Summer McCarley in the show. And then, like, that week, I think I was behind her in line at the Whole Foods. And I was like, oh my god, it's that <laughs> improv girl. I couldn't even talk to her. I was so nervous and scared. but I, And I still feel that way. But now it's like, we're like buddies. And I'm like this is my reality now. This is insane. You yeah. Know? But I still feel like that person in the line at Whole Foods. So it's sort of surreal for me to hear, Yeah. you know, a gen- like a, it's like an iteration of that 
being passed on to me. Absolutely, yeah. You're definitely like up on the That's on so the future. Funny to me, though, yeah. Like uh, before I took his class, like I would never like talk to Newman. Oh sure, and yeah. I I remember in my first conversation with Newman because I was like, we're having a conversation. Newman, he's giving me notes. He's telling me that there's something I shouldn't do it. And he was just like, so where are you from? And I was like. Ah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to die on the spot. But, I mean, it's funny. Like, we just, you know, we're buds now. Yeah, and that's the thing that's so... I forget where I was originally going, but, yeah, like, that's one of the things that I feel like people don't really see a lot. I don't know, because it's all contextual. Like, if, if you're not, like, a part of the theater, if you don't go, like, you don't understand the community. But, like, that's, like, so just crazy that there's, like, a whole community behind this theater that puts on shows. Yeah. So, I'm, I, I can't even think to a time when I was like, oh, this is a place that puts on shows, and that's it. Sure. But there's also, a whole lot of people making it happen. There's a whole lot of people making yeah. it happen. And there's a whole lot of people who are affected by it. And just like, like, what is my life now that I've like ex- been exposed to not only like what they're doing, but what they, who they are. Sure. So, like now that I'm like forever, like my path has been completely altered in like a completely different <laughs> oh, way. Oh, I, I mean, I totally feel that way still. I mean, it's uh, being a part of the uh, coalition and doing improv in general has just totally shifted my life. We, how early on were you, did you join, quote unquote? Well, I was, um, well, one of the reasons I wanted to listen to Jesse's episode was because him and I took our early classes together. Okay. Um, and this would have been, I think I was, I think I was 20 years old, maybe just about to turn 21 or something. Cause I remember when my class would go out for drinks, I couldn't drink with them. Uh-huh. And, um, but we took our courses above Sort of, it's in Carytown above um, this like I fix it place, iPhone repair. Place. I remember hearing stories about. Yeah, that. it was called the Dojo back way back when there were squirrels in the roof. <laughs> there was like it was this <laughs> creepy office building that had like a sort of a kitchenette in the back and a odd couch. Um, but yeah, so that would that would have been in um, 2010 that I would have started taking classes. Eight years ago. I can't believe it, really. Um, and what else? Yeah, we would do shows um, on Southside in this place called the La- or the shop at Art Art- Artworks. Artworks. No, Art Six is up the block from us on Broad Street, oh, okay. and that is where the co- like the original RCC people had way, their way first before, shows. Before, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, Artworks is cool. And um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think. We I did all my classes, and I had just graduated college, so I was probably about 22 or going on 23 or something, and that's when I auditioned to be a part of the team there, and they, and I was, like, quaking my boots, I was like, I'm not gonna get it, this is gonna suck, I'm gonna be devastated, and then, um, I got a voicemail at, like, 10.30 at night, I was like, who the frick is calling me this late, and it was Matt to tell me that I was on a team, and I was, like, overjoyed. Oh my gosh. And so, it was the, we were the first, uh, teams that were in the brick and mortar theater, and, you know, right when we did the auditions was when they had... Um, the uh, Kickstarter going to raise money to start the theater mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's so funny. That's a crazy story. Is there more to that? Uh, I don't think so, really. I I mean, I remember, um, you know, that's when Da Vinci first met each other. We had like our first day where everyone got together. There was nothing in the space. The space had just been rented. It was totally blank, totally white space. And we all went in and had our first meeting. Um, and I didn't know anybody. I knew like Zane and, uh, Sean and Lauren and a few other people I'm sure are (laughs) butthurt that I can't remember everyone. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, so it was kind of like, felt nervous, you didn't know many people, all your like celebrity gods were there in the building with you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm here. Yeah. Pretty cool. So they just brought all the teams that had made it to the one place? Yeah, I mean, all, the auditions had been done, they had formed the teams, and it was like your first time to meet everybody, to talk about what the coming months were going to look like, what the schedule was for building out the theater. Um, we had no space to practice in the theater, we hadn't rented out the basement yet, I think maybe one room. And then upstairs was, uh, like I said, totally blank. There was nothing up there. No stage. No, the steps weren't there. The bar. There is, like, nothing. I can't, I can't even imagine. I'm trying, like, really hard to, like, wipe everything away, but... I probably have... I have a... There is a photo of everyone with, like, hands in in the middle. In oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I should find... I should that. try to find if it. If you can. But it's, uh, it's cool. I... If you know, I think that... Um, yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. And we would practice together, um, not at the theater... And that's when DaVinci first met each other, and we were like, oh, we'll be on this team with these new people. And some, they're all my, like, closest friends now, really. How was, um, how long had you been doing improv before that? I mean, not, I hadn't been. You hadn't, you just Well, it's funny, yeah, I, well, I had taken the classes with Coalition. There it is. And you'd get in, I mean, there was one lab a month, that was the only opportunity you would have to perform as a person who wasn't on one of the teams. And, um... And so you would do your one lab a month, and then they had the auditions, and we made it on. So, but, um, so yeah, I hadn't really done uh, improv before that. I had always had sort of theater growing up, and mm-hmm. my dad was, he wouldn't know what improv means, but he was an improviser, you oh, know? Oh, really? So it would kind of be like you'd walk into the kitchen in the morning, and he'd be like, Welcome to Joe's Diner, what can I get you? And you'd have to do this whole role play to, like, get your eggs or whatever. You'd have to order it, and he'd write it down on a notepad and, like, do all this stuff. And so, uh, and as a, as kids, my dad hated us watching the TV, so we'd all be sitting on the couch zoning out on some show or something. And he'd just burst in, and he'd be like, The elves have crested the mountain ridge, we have to get, gather your weapons! And we'd be running around in the woods for, like, eight hours with, like, all of our friends and stuff. That's so it was just, like, improv all the time, you know? Yeah. So has he seen you do shows? No one in my family has seen me do it. Nobody improv. has. Yeah, no one. That's crazy. Yeah. So they all live in like on the other side of like Afton Mountain area, and I just think it's too tough for them to get out. How far of a drive is that? Um, it's like maybe an hour and a half. That's not too bad. It's not that far. If any of my family's listening, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, do you think they'll listen to this? Probably not. Probably not. But maybe I feel like if it's on Facebook. They'll probably find it somehow. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you post it there, they'll find it. Yeah. I usually don't post to Facebook. Yeah, I'm off that game right now. <laughs> Screw that company. You hear me, Facebook? <laughs> oh, they hear us. Yeah. They hear us. I have a computer. They hear us. <laughs> they hear us. It's so funny that you have, like, hearing you say, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Because, like, like that, Matthew and I were just like, we're going to audition. I wasn't, I wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I just want to have the experience of doing the audition. I'm like, yeah. that's a really good idea. Yeah. And then we did it and made it. And it was just like... Were you surprised? Well, oh, so surprised. Sure. When I got the callback, I was like, because well, I, I got the callback email and I was like, I was hanging out with uh, Tyler Whaley. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to see if I can find her name because like she should totally. And then I saw my name and I was like, what? And then I looked for Matthews and I found his and I found Tyler's. And you like couldn't believe it. Well, I think we never really can believe it. Like really, because I think just <clears throat> in life, we don't think that we deserve the things that we deserve. Which is kind of BS. Like, you you know, you, if you do the work, then you get in, you shouldn't be surprised. You're like, all right, here, I've done the thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
I think yes, I, went, I definitely went through like imposter like syndrome for a long time. I've like, heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, that, that's where I got it from. A lot of other people, they were like, yeah. "Oh, you're just going through like imposter syndrome, whatever." I think it does have to do with like not thinking that you should have this thing that you have. Like, like, I, like whenever I go over like the metrics for the show, I'm like, "That those aren't real." Like, nobody listens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's easy to feel that way. I think of um, you know, this is so new agey, but there's this book called The Artist's Way that is like twenty one weeks or it's 12 weeks you do these real hippy dippy exercises and you're gonna like unlock your inner creative but some of it's not total bs um would you believe that's not, that's not the first time that's been plugged on the show has it really episode four who who was talking will to you? someone in my one-on-one who's not like doesn't hang around yeah so artist way i mean it's it's like it is kind of a phenomenon it's not mm-hmm. usually known amongst maybe like our generation totally sure but definitely if you were like 20 in the 80s, you'd be like, oh, have you done the exercises? Have you written in your, like, free uh, writing journal? So you've done the exercises. I haven't done all of it, because it's a lot of work. Oh my god, she's like, you have to write three pages longhand every day in the morning when you wake up. First thing when you wake up, you're supposed to write three pages, three full pages longhand of whatever comes to your mind without any care for you know, punctuation or ideas, and you're supposed to, like, your hand's not supposed to stop moving the entire time. (laughs) And then you have these weekly exercises where you have to answer all these questions about, like, the first week is, like, who is someone who put you down when you were creative as a child? Like, who's the first person that put down your creativity? And who's the first person that, like, championed it for you in your life? Because one of her sort of ideas is that and I wonder about this with the relationship story you had earlier, but it's kind of like, and this is what, that's what I thought of immediately when you said that. But, um, the idea that when you are starting on this journey of like being totally open to making things and expressing the creative force that we all have inside of us, that people get almost jealous of it mm-hmm. and they want to like put you down and keep you on their level in a weird way. And so they'll almost, like, we can sabotage ourselves, but people try to sabotage each other and be like, no, you'll never make money doing that. Or why is it even, you know, why would you want to go to art school? It's like something I heard a lot from some of uh, my family members. And I was just like, I'm going to just do this thing. It's like hmm, people trying to keep you down, you know? Yeah. They, they don't like you. They're jealous. They want what you have. They can't do it themselves. Or, yeah. Or they're like, they're afraid to also put themselves out there, put themselves out there. Cause it's. You know, I often think that, you know, it's a lot harder to try to engage um, with the creative stuff. Um, you have to ask yourself a lot of questions. You have to wrestle with it if the things you're making are actually worth it or good or fulfilling for you even. Or even something like, are you shouting into a void? Like, you have all these, like, kind of existential questions when you're doing it. But in the end, I think it's, like, more, it's like a richer life. You know? Yeah, I mean... But it's harder sometimes. Hmm. I think a lot about when you... What you just... Like, examples you have with, like, this show, like... Like, there were times where I had to, like, look into myself. Like, that's why the show's an hour instead of two hours now. Because mm-hmm. it was like... I was just, like... It got to a point where I was just, like, whining for the last hour. And I'm like, this is not healthy. Like, I need to, like, change this. Like, make it, like, yeah. more focus on bringing myself up. And then, like, how much do I care about, like, people listening or or sure. whatever like that. So for me, it was like, let's focus on making a good product, product that I'm proud of, yeah. that represents you know the guest well, and like go f- just figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Like roll roll with that, and uh, 
yeah, I think it like touches to everything that you said. Like this has been a thing where it's just like keep 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 doing it and like as long as you love it yeah. and, and yeah, just like powering like And then again that's like what I mean when I say like we gotta get obsessed with the process because for you, if you just want to be creatively fed and satiated from how many listens you get every week that's mm-hmm. not actually going to make this project continue on. Yeah. But, like, you getting obsessed with, like, oh, who's do I get to talk to this week, and how do I get to better put this together, and mm-hmm. what tweaks can I make to make an even better product? Like, eventually, you see a result from that. Yeah. But that's not really the goal, you know? It's the it's the destination. It's the journey. It's not the destination. Yeah. It's not the destination. Yeah. The, yeah. That's what I meant. We, we got it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that, that was, I think that was a big thing, too, because, like, like, I took a break around, like, Christmas time, because it's really hard to book people in December. And Christmas, like, blows. It takes over everyone's life. December was, like, I had to stop because I couldn't get anyone to come in. December's killer. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. Anyhow, that's a whole... <laughs> do, do you want to go down that road? Like, that's fine. Like, I this just is your really, I get exhausted by Christmas, and it's like, well, didn't we start Christmas so we could all chill out in the winter? Yeah. But now it's like, you know, go to Macy's and do all this shit. <laughs> I can't. It's like, too much. It's like, we're going to put Christmas lights everywhere. And you have to come and see it and do this and run around and buy gifts and shit. It's just a yeah. lot, you know? Yeah, a lot of people are like, I like Christmas because it's a family time, but then they don't do anything with their family. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that is, the, the best Christmas memories that I have are when I'm, like, hanging out with the fam or, like, when we go do whatever together and, like... Yeah, when but it's got to be chill with yeah. a capital C. Like, I want to be wearing socks, playing Scrabble, and drinking hot cocoa with, like, Baileys in it or something fun. I don't really want to be, like, running around... We have to do this! We have to <laughs> yeah. play Scrabble! Yeah. No, let's, like, let's just play Scrabble. Let's just hang yeah, out. Yeah, let's just chill. Yeah, I think I that... might fall asleep in the middle and just take a nap here on the floor. Yeah. And that should be fine. You can just skip me. You can just, like, take my towels or whatever, <laughs> like, do your thing. <laughs> just, yeah. I think that that is definitely... I was wondering if you were going to have any tangents like that, where you're just like, I feel, because you are somebody also who feels very strongly about things and doesn't hide it, and that's I super, to, super yeah. awesome. I uh, I tend to have strong ideas, maybe, but I'm also, I try to be flexible as well. I feel like you're not, not, you're you're open to like, if, if, I, if I'm presented with new information that changes how I feel, then I'll accept that. I and, try my and, best to be that advocate way. strongly for that way. But like some things you have listened to, you, you're well educated on, mm-hmm. and that all that education has gotten you to a point where it's like, this is how I feel, and this is very strong. Definitely. I've noticed that a lot with, like, certain political things. Uh-huh. There was one show I really wanted to go to way before I was, like, a part of the theater. It was, like, something politically charged. Uh-huh. And I talked to you about this once, and I thought you were in it, and I was like, this is going to be so good. And I wasn't. You weren't even in it. Yes. But, like, I thought of that. That was thought, last year's 4th of July, I think. Was it? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense, then. I wonder Here's when... Over. Yeah, that would make sense, because I think... KGB was like in October or like KGB in, was in July. Was it really June? July. July. June sixteenth was my first show. That was like middle middle of the run. I get you. Um, for some reason, I think the poster is so aut- autumnal colored that I thought it was maybe in October. It is. It is like yeah. There's a lot of like oranges. Reds and oranges. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. But I remember think, seeing that show and thinking like strong opinions, grace, and that was like. <laughs> I'd known you for like a month. I'd seen you a couple times on stage. I don't know, yeah. Um, I I really try to keep an open mind about most stuff because um, nothing makes me more upset when people like blindly decide to just 
totally tie down on a certain opinion that can change. Mm-hmm. I think a good benign example is like if fats are healthy or bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause everyone in the seventies were like, avoid fats, eat margarine, all this kind of stuff. And now there's like evidence that fat is actually like good for you and you need to eat some of it. But then you'll still have people who are like a bit older, like of some aunts and uncles or something that was like, Oh, too much fat for me. The no butter, please. I'm like, I want to scream because I'm like, the data is new. We have information. <laughs> evidence. It makes me crazy. Yeah. You pull out like, like, a, like a big packet of paper. Oh like, here's God. all the evidence. Yes. Read it. This oh, is like coconut oil. It's good for you. <laughs> what is something else a little, a little on the benign side that you have a strong opinion about? Hmm. That first thing you thought of. I know you thought of something. Well, no, I'm trying to think. See, my first, I feel like when I think of the things I can get persnickety about, it might be typography because I know a lot about it. But then I'm trying to even think, you know, outside of like, oh, Comic Sans is the worst or like, you know, like really uh, trite kind of type arguments. But I don't even think I really. I remember... (laughs) I had I dated somebody who was like into graphic who's a graphic designer uh-huh. and like she was like yeah these are the there are like five fonts you can realistically use and the rest are just kind of like be, you have to be very strict about when you use them. I mean, it's kind of like you know there's the the clothing you can wear every day and then there's like a party outfit when you want to <laughs> make a statement. That's how I think of type. Okay, so name some uh, that are like everyday outfits. Futura. Everyday outfits, yes. Future, I love. I it's love really that. was my first love. I've loved it ever <laughs> since. People will say Helvetica, which is fine and totally sufficient. Um, then you know, plain everyday type. Well, these days Gotham is a really f- popular one because that was used in Obama's campaign mm-hmm. typeface, and so people love that Gotham, and I do too. I'm addicted to it, and um, you know, you're like. You're like, oh, should I just wear this denim button down? Sure. That's how I feel about Gotham. I'm like, I guess this is what we're going to do. <laughs> Got to get out the door in 10 minutes. We're going to put this Gotham on it. So wait, what, sh- what, what, uh, what, what piece of clothing is Futura? Futura to me would be like um, a vintage pair of jeans, like vintage cut. You know, it's not like a, it's not like a skinny jean where it's like contemporary and like slick looking for today. But Futura is like, I think... Um, you know, kind of still looks good today. Looks good. Look, looks good now. Looks good then. You're, you know, we'll look good. But in the future. you know, sometimes future can look really chic and kind of like, you know, like, you know, runway catwalk kind of cool. <laughs> and then sometimes it looks like Wes Anderson-y where it's like big bold letters. And then uh, sometimes people do like really, really fucked up things to it and they stretch it or do something weird and makes it look awful. It's like if you try, try to make bell bottoms out of a normal pair of pants and you're like, what are you there doing? You Why are you altering your clothing in this way? Um, Helvetica. Yeah. What, when you what? cut it up or you stretch it like way too much or yeah, you do something you really make something weird. weird out of it. Like, why are you doing this? So what clothing is Helvetica? Helvetica is just like normal black pants and a normal white shirt. Just plain. Just, like just absolutely plain. Not so much as a pocket. It's just plain. There's nothing of interest. It is sufficient coverage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then then the third one you said was the Gotham. Oh yeah, Gotham is the denim the denim shirt. Down. Okay, at least for me because oh, I'm yeah. denim on denim. I wear it all day long, and so for me, Gotham would just be like, <sighs> do I want to get a card again out? Don't want to have to see what shirt this jacket works with. I'm just gonna put my denim on. Here it is. 
It's reliable. I, it's there. I wish I could go Canadian tuxedo. I really wish I could. I, all it takes is a, it's a mindset. It's okay. a state of mind. You just put on denim and then you say, should I put on less denim? You say, no. No. Denim put on shirt, more denim. denim jacket, jeans. Yeah. Yeah. That's a look. I, uh, I would wear a lot of denim when I used to be the receptionist at the dean's office at VCU Arts. And so I had, you know, probably, I probably dressed like a ragamuffin really when I should have been dressing a bit more professional. And, uh, but I was totally clueless about it. And I would wear a lot of denim, like denim shirt, denim pants. <laughs> and this Friday came along and one of the deans was leaving the office and she was definitely like high class um, from a big Southern fortune and she was walking out and she had denim shoes on. And this woman commented and said, oh, I love your denim shoes. And she looked directly at me in the eyes and said, yes, on Fridays we can wear denim. <laughs> and I just about melted in my seat and wanted to die. I felt so bad. Oh, no. But I didn't stop. I couldn't stop wearing the denim. I was kind of like, I'm limited by the clothes I have. Okay, yeah, deal yeah. with it. Jeez, oh, I can blaze that really hard. <laughs> All right, so what's a font... What's a party outfit font? Oh, a party outfit is like, um, I'm trying to even think. I, I guess I tend, when I really want to do something like fun and unique, I'll try to draw it myself. So Ooh. I do a fair amount of hand lettering, but I'm trying to think what's like, I don't have the names in my head of what they're called, but they, a lot of them are usually like vintage inspired or they have some little quirk to them or maybe are very bold. Um, but you know, there's different, there's different fonts for when you want, um, something that you need to read a lot of like a paragraph or a whole article. And then there's some fonts you just want to use. That's like a brooch on a jacket. Mm -hmm. It's like one little dazzly thing. That's like for your header or something like a title. Yeah. A title, your editorial or like start of a chapter or something fun. For, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard to think of, like, Project 27. Was that, like, a handwritten font? Yeah, that's hand, handwritten text. That's so cool. Yeah, and so that was, um, me and Dashiell really looking at, um, psychedelic lettering from, you know, psychedelic shows in the 60s and 70s and stuff. You would have these posters that the goal was to write, draw these letters as illegible as possible. You would want, and some of these are so impossible to read that, you like you can't you're like Janice is she gonna be here who who knows it's just a bunch of swirls I can't even read anymore and that was like kind of the vibe but so we we did that with project 27 and then we have you know every year there's camp coalition and this summer I did the t-shirt for it uh this past fall I mean we did the t-shirt for it and we tried to do super 70s like psychedelic thing and so we did a was that the white t-shirt yeah that I didn't, I didn't see that some one. people tie-dyed it and um Ooh. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, lettering was supposed to be super almost illegible. But yeah, in, in um, oh, and on the for, uh, Project 27 poster, there's some Helvetica there. Ooh. Oh yeah, Helvetica I want to go bold. grab it. It's like right on that wall. <laughs> like, but I'll check it out. Yeah. I, I, I want to look, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to go over every poster and like look at the fonts. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, they're fun to look at. Um, and, uh, you know, I've done a, a fair amount of research and learning about them. I'm kind of obsessed. And so it's fun to, um, you know, do lettering and things like that. Trying to think of like <clears throat> the struggle I had in college. I was like, my lighting is my writing is illegible. I need to just so I switched to writing in all caps. 
Oh, yeah? Just to make it better. Yeah, that's easier to read. It's easier, but then I, I, I recently switched out of it and, like, font choice. Like, I like a little swoop on my T. Oh, sure. On the tail. A little tail. A little that's tail. what you call it. I cross my Zs and my oh, yeah. sevens. Me too. The German seven. Is that, ooh. Yeah, it's a German thing. I feel like you have, like, a lot of knowledge about, like, things like this, and I'm, like, so... I'm kind of, I, like, I'm always curious, and I'm constantly Googling stuff, so I love knowing about shit, basically. But I know a little bit about a lot of things, and that plays good in some scenarios, but in other scenarios, it does not. Interesting. So, you know. I do that a lot with, like, sports, when I watch sports with people who I don't know the sport. Like, I watched hockey with Matthew last night. I'm yeah. Like, I don't know hockey, but like, I know nothing about... Let's get it. Let, yeah. let You love it. Let's get involved in it. Let's figure this when out. When was hockey started? Let's right. get to the history. 80, like, 1893. That was the official start of the league? Something like that. I know I bet that, there's been, like... I mean, I love that, you know, we have these, like, things like the NFL, for instance. It's this oppressive system of a sport, like... It's insane how big of a ecosystem this thing is, but it has roots in two guys who took a break from hunting and were like, let's throw this rock around, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And now it's like, it's like, what will the Budweiser ad be this year? Oh my God. Yeah. It's insane. How we got to this point of the 1920s, people like started playing a sport. Right. And then played it professionally. And then it was a thing that you can play professionally. Yeah. And back then it was just like people who were just like done working or something. Yeah. And now it's like, that's your career. Like you sculpt your whole yeah. childhood and college experience around this thing. And some guy was like, hey, Ricky, let's see what happens if we go on the ice. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> let's put the rock on them. The, the, the rock, yeah, that's definitely the rock curling. The that's how curling came about. They're like, slide <laughs> the rock. Slide, dude, slide <laughs> the rock. Hit me, hit me the rock. Take this stick. It's like ridiculous. I think, that, you know, a good contemporary version of that is like, how did we come up with Frisbee golf? They were like, try to get that frisbee in the basket over there and they're like what if we made a basket with chains on it or like they threw it and you missed it and then it landed in a thing it's like that was so cool <laughs> yeah yeah i totally meant to do it it's this new thing uh and horseshoes you know makes sense because you're like i work with horses yeah back gonna throw these things around ping, ping. humans like to throw things that's what we've learned you said, so that's a thought I've never, like, had. And then when you said that, I just, like, immediately went to all the things you can throw. And I'm like, I love throwing things. <laughs> you can really throw anything. Anything. Yeah. Anything you can pick up. Yeah, and then, you know, Greek myths are like, man, this one guy threw this huge thing one time. It was really <laughs> bigger. It was bigger than things you can usually throw. <laughs> it's just a huge rock. I just want to hear you do, like... <laughs> tell story, like intricate stories in like your way of just like just, you just kind of threw a big thing like well that's it's funny because you know I sort of mentioned it but like doing my part time gig my rent paying job is um being a Segway tour guide and so what we didn't even get to that oh I, I maybe touched on it at the start when I thought we weren't actually recording it <laughs> but um but yeah so I uh you know I show people in the city of Richmond, we roll around on segways and I talk to them about history of Richmond and what has happened in, in our weird, tragic, depressing, amazing city. Uh, and, um, but yeah, most of my stories are like, yeah, John Marshall, he was like this guy and here's what he did. And this other thing happened. All right, come on with me this way. <laughs> just like, like you cover know. more ground that way. People actually will remember what you say. Kids like it because in kids 19... will be like bored about stuff. And if you kind of try to describe, like, for instance, one of my favorites is, like, you know, Browns Island in Richmond is down by the river, and um, for a minute, you know, it's named Browns Island because the first guy that moved there 
and lived on that island was a dude with the last name Brown. They're like, whose island is that? Brown's Island. That's why we call it that. Then later on, this other dude, Nelson, moves in, and he's like, yo, y'all going to Nelson's Island later on? They're like, you mean Brown's Island? He's like, no, everyone's calling it Nelson's Island. It's like... Yeah, I've been hearing this. I don't know. Maybe it's because I live there. I don't know. And so it's like trying to get the name to change, and everybody's like, we kind of, we call it Brown's Island, dude. Yeah. Like, this is what we call this now. So this is, it's stuck. You never, there's like not like a Nelson Street right going on to Brown or something? <laughs> no, no. There are some maps in, like, historic maps of Richmond that will say Nelson's Island, but I've only seen like two. Oh my god, that's a crazy. It's weird, but like, you know, it's like those weird human stories. I'm curious, why is Texas Beach called Texas Beach? No clue. Oh. The segways don't go up there. I don't know shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's probably named because of, uh, you know, Colonel Texas that fought in the Civil War or something. I don't know if you're kidding or not. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I totally was like, Colonel <laughs> Texas. Yeah, I got it. I don't know enough about history. Uh, well, we've reached an hour. Is there anything I didn't cover, we didn't get to, that you wanted to? We can go over a little bit. I don't think so. I, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, no, I've got... Nothing else, at least, that I can think of. You realize that once you leave, like, you have to wait 14 episodes before you can come back and, like, get get to those things. <laughs> I get you. That's a rule. Yeah. Three, three and a half months? Is that, that's like your... That's the, yeah, so my friend... That's the rule. My friend Tom was the first guest on the show, and uh, he came up and he was releasing his summer mix, and so I'm like, well, you, I'll have you on the show again, we'll, like, plug it, like, like if this was a real podcast, you'd come on and promote your, whatever. Yeah. So, that was episode 14, so, 14 episodes. Oh, nice. And he's been on three times, Matthew's been on three times, and that's it. That's cool, yeah. Minutes. Nice. Um, well, one thing I was thinking about, because of, um, the episode with Jesse I was listening to was just thinking about music, and, um, I think that you've been at our house a few times to, like, play some music and stuff. And that's an area that I often feel daunted about. So it's, like, inspiring to, like, I don't know, see you guys, like, playing and stuff. And I think um, that Josh Wright was there, too, maybe one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just thinking about that this morning, listening to the one with you and Jesse, because you talked about music for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to get into and just haven't? Yeah, I, um, I started playing a ukulele, like, gosh, maybe it's been two years or something this summer, I think. And, um, I picked that up for comedy reasons because, um, of a long story, but basically I was going to play an instrument very badly for something. And then as the thing continued to happen, I might get better over time and we would see, but, um, but then that never really panned out. So I just kind of stuck with playing this thing and then, um, had like a guitar randomly come into my life and now I've just been like trying to play more music. Yeah. You have a nice little setup. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cobbled together from, like, some of it's Jim's stuff, some of it's mine. Mm-hmm. I've been, my friends all pitched in, like, five bucks and got me a big gift card to get a guitar, and so I did that, and then a friend sold me something of theirs when they were moving, so it's kind of, like, mm-hmm. been patched together, um, and, uh, but it's been fun, you know, and th- so for me, that feels like the thing where, like, when I listen to music, I'm like, holy crap, how do they do this, you know, and then mm-hmm. I'm just like, Ah, I'm gonna get in my seven minutes every day, and then hopefully maybe someday I can be like, all right, I'm jamming out Hendrix style. Do you do seven minutes a day? I try to pick. I try to pick up an instrument for some amount of time every day, mm-hmm. but you know, ten twenty minutes if I can get it in. Yeah, it's obviously extremely difficult. It can be. I was I was out of town last week, and then I picked up a guitar last night, and I was like, oh my god. And I have a lot of uncles and cousins <clears throat> who are really good at playing, and so when I 
go to my family reunion this summer. Maybe we'll be able to jam a little more a little than last year. Yeah, they always jam hard, and they're really good. And some of my cousins are great singers. And so they all play, they have the big song book of songs everybody knows, and we all sing and play music together. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really fun, so. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, uh, music is a thing I wanted to do when I started this show, and, like, it's been the one thing I really haven't done. Yeah. Like, I did it a little bit, like, I wrote, like, my first song, which is, like, super, like, cringy, like, sad boy. Yeah. I'm like, this will just stay. Kind of like you said, like, early work, like, let's just keep going, keep doing <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, music's super fun, but I feel like there's certain g- talents and gifts you have to have to make it, like, a thing you can actually, like, perform. Yeah, I Other think... Other than just hanging with friends. Yeah, I think, like, all arts, there is a component that is just practicing, um, and then there's part that is just sort of a, a natural knack for it, a, a ability to do it, a talent, you know? But I think sometimes the talent is something you can nurture over time, mm-hmm. you know? But it's interesting. I'm definitely not very good at the instruments. And I know where, I know, like, what I would want to do, but I, like, I'm, like, illiterate in Mm -hmm. in being able to do it. So it's hard, you know? I definitely can feel that on so many levels of wanting to, like, I know exactly what I want to play. And then, like, okay, well, that's not it. (laughs) I'll be, like, I'll be, somehow, I'm, like, man, I am jamming right now. I've got three notes that I'm, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I'll be like, it's just awful. And then like you try to get back to it, you're like, I don't remember. What did I do? I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. But then I'm like, take a breath. You just get better every day. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I gotta do. Well, thanks for doing the show. Thank you so much. Normally, I would in my old my old room, I'd have like my room like covered in shit. Yeah. So I'd be like, what's the weirdest thing? And like, someone would be like that. I'm like, no one's talked this about microphone. that yet. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I don't have it up yet. Last episode, when Chris came on Saturday, he brought the weirdest thing I've ever owned as a gift to me. Okay. It is, uh, on you the ceiling. Oh my gosh. He's like, put this, he's like, put this up. And I'm like, I kind of don't want to have it in the space, but it's I feel so like I should. It's It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, at, we had everybody over after, like, a night going out, and, like, it's just, everyone's trying to, like, flip it, like, have it land. Yeah, and, that's like, a new meme. Yeah, and then one person, like, hooked it at the ceiling, and it stuck, and I'm like, well, that's where it goes now. I don't have a, I don't want to yank it down. Yeah, here. we, um... Um, for the listeners at home, we're talking about a dildo hanging a from, dildo. from a ceiling. Eight inches in With, like, really just very <laughs> tiny nads. Thank you. That's all They're we can super talk tiny about. Nads. They're not the proportion, not the scale. It's really annoying. Yeah, that's grotesque. Yeah, it's the worst thing. It's the best thing, because people bring, bring me stuff sometimes for the show. Like, yeah? Like, I, had I known, I feel so bad. Oh, you know, no. it's funny, because I was getting in the car, and I said... I am terrible at gift giving and I never think to do it because it's not something I ever want to receive. Mm -hmm. And so, but then I was like, man, maybe I should be like bringing a gift. And now that was the thing that people do. It's okay. I'm pretty gifted out with that thing. Okay, cool. For a hot minute. Yeah. The coolest thing. So he, but he also cooked me dinner. Like he brought duck and like all this fancy stuff. Yeah, he's whining and dining. Yeah, he definitely whined me for sure. He was like, you want to get me like so drunk. I'm like, I have a show tonight. I cannot go to this. (laughs) And then, yeah, Dash brought the collage. That was really, that was really early on. That's cool, yeah. And then I guess other people would brought alcohol. But, like, no, I don't, like, I'm, I'm cool. Like, I... I'm trying to wonder if I have anything. <laughs> Do you have anything? <laughs> anything no, to here, give you. Here's a um, half an empty can of Altoids. wonder if there's anything in here. <laughs> no. Just, uh, 
Oh, here, I can give you this. This is a good thing to have. Let me see if my name's on it. It's not. All right, this is uh, from my work. It's a uh, Richmond Region Tourism Attraction Guest Pass. And this pass will get you in for free with a plus one to some of the following locations. G-Force Carts, the Maggie Walker National Historic Site. Um, it'll get you free um, Segway tour, um, a wine tastings at different places, the Holocaust Museum, uh, the state capitol, and as well, um, what else? Um, a riverfront canal cruise along the canal, <laughs> so you can have that. And if anybody asks, you can just say that you work in tourism. Become a tourism ambassador. Yeah. This is... Oh my gosh, there are so many things. There are here. so many things you can do for free with a plus one for free as well. So, this is the best. Yeah, that's a good gift, right? And it's not grotesque. The gift of experiences. <laughs> so the way it was, what I was going to say was the way I used to end the show was like a weird thing. But now I'm trying to find a new in, a new outro. I get you. So the way I'm ending the show now is like, what's, what's your, what would you do if you had a podcast? How would you end your show? Mm. Oh, good, great question. Um... Jesse's was, uh, you listen, did you finish this? I didn't have a chance to finish it. He, his was like, um, like reading their favorite Bible verses. Oh, interesting. And I was like, that might be weird, but I like the idea. And then I don't remember what Gretchen's was. I don't think we got to that. And then I didn't ask, I didn't ask Chris cause he brought a weird thing. So like, there's no yeah. point in asking him. So like, what would you do? Yeah. I might <clears throat> ask someone like what their first memory is or something. Ooh. Because I like that kind of stuff, you know? Like, a lot of people don't, you know, you just start saying, oh, I had this dream last night. And you're like, oh, I'm so bored by this or something. But I like hearing about that weird mundane stuff. Yeah. And um, so first memories are interesting to me. So then what was your first memory? Um, you had to know that was coming. Well, I didn't. And I feel like an <laughs> idiot now. Um, Did I turn the question on you? Yeah. Um, my first memory is probably I'm in my crib, some sort of bed, in a yellow room. It's a bedroom that I had that was just yellow walls and like a beige carpet and a lot of yellow. And it's um just kind of looking around. But then I have I have another memory in that same room that maybe was like a little bit later when I had graduated to a bed and I remember there was a big bug on me and I was really scared. <laughs> so <that's, laughs> those are yeah. two completely different memories. Yeah. I can't think I think the first like thought I have is uh being in a car driving from Florida to Utah. Mm-hmm. How old would you have been? Five. Mm-hmm. Five or six. Yeah. Something like that. That's the first time I remember, like, waking up and, like, being in, like, the... It was, like, the SUV, so it wasn't the back part. Mm-hmm. It was, like, surrounded by, like, toys. Like, waking up, like, where are we? And then, like, probably somewhere in, like, Texas or something. Yeah. And did you have, like, siblings with you? No, I was the only child at that time. Yeah. And no longer, but I was, so it was just like... The good old days. The good old <laughs> days. No one talks about that enough. Gretchen does, because she's the only child, but no one yeah. else talks about the only child. Well, yeah, they, that's that's the show. Um, I also you. have a weird, like, like say goodbye or whatever. I don't know. That's the thing. That's why I want a good outro, because, like, I don't want to copy Pete Holmes's, but his is, like, a slogan, and mm-hmm. then they, they can fade out from the slogan. So it's just, like, I don't know how to, like, end it, because we can keep talking yeah. about that long time. Yes, 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 who's on third? Lupe still like looping the third. Here like it till I'm bitter on the curb. Each buzz buzz, but bit on the verge. Let's slow it down like river on the serve. Bottle shaped body like Mrs. Butterworth. So I represent the first. Now let me in my verse right where the horns are like.
ah, ah, ah. 